You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Oh, welcome back to the Oz Network. We're continuing our coverage of Nip Tuck. We're here in uh, Season 1, Episode 4, which is, of course, uh, Sophia Lopez. And um, this came out for the first time on the 12th of August, 2003. Happens to be my birthday, believe it or not. Happy uh, birthday! So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Uh, you know, my name's Nick, and uh, I've been through a whole lot of chickens. Ah, uh, you stole it! Um, oh, I'm Ben, and erotic films are when you use a feather, porn films are when you use a whole chicken. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> actually, no, hang on, hang on, let me let me do that again. If this was any sort of professional podcast, we would have edited this out, but we've kept it in. Uh, my name is Ben, and I would like you to meet my favourite cucumber. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I was going to say, there's got to be a porn title there that you want to use here. That's the best. That is the best. I, I really want to Google that to see if there's actually a porn film called My Favourite Cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> How can anyone have a favourite cucumber? Let's be honest. Well, Nick, you clearly haven't used a cucumber for anything more than eating. Uh... Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's good to be back. I think we're uh, we're getting into a bit of a groove now in our fourth episode of, of our retrospective of Nip Tuck. Um, you might notice I've got um, a little bit of a, um, a blocked nose. I haven't had a rhinoplasty or anything like that. It's just a, just a blocked nose, but hopefully it won't be too distracting for anybody who is listening. Yeah, well, uh, again, as you mentioned to me last episode about getting tissues, you might need them, but probably for a different reason to why I did. <laughs> yeah, well, I should hope so. Um, so, yeah, this, this is a, um, a really... I think it's a really interesting episode, and it's also quite a challenging episode from a viewing perspective. And you know, that's a bit of a running theme with with Nip Tuck is that you know this is not really a show you just sit back and and relax a lot of the time. You kind of a challenge to think about the way you look at the world, which is which is cool. I, I really like that. Um, so you know, we've we've got this um, this season this episode, and it really talks about issues that I still think are, are like you know really pertinent to to the world today you know like this is this is the whole issue around you know um transgender people is still something that's you know a, a really big issue in the world and you know it's really interesting to go back and look at something that you know is 14 15 years old and um still feels really relevant to me yeah and it's it's we kind of touched on that didn't we a couple episodes ago about um you know the way they uh sort of have the lgbt p- portrayal of characters and you know Ryan Murphy obviously you know has a big running theme of that throughout across a lot of his shows but yeah it's i mean I think it's handled quite well how they do it because we kind of get through the the viewer's eyes, don't we, of Sean and, you know, his viewpoint of, you know, a transgender person and then ultimately, like, the hospital scenes and kind of how they're treated. And, you know, we mentioned, I think, about, you know, 2003 in terms of just how, say, like, you know, homosexual characters were treated on TV, mainstream TV, uh, was was changing. You know, we had shows like Will and Grace, you know, even, uh, you know, through our previous shows we've covered, someone like Richard Hatch winning Survive, you know, this was something that was becoming very much more openly out there but i mean transgender it's still something as you said to 2017 where it's maybe not covered as well or as you know we're still getting into that political correct zone where there's there's still certain elements around how you know transgender people are treated uh but it's it kind of this i mean this is one thing i'll say about this episode is that it definitely felt ahead of its time like watching this now sort of going through what we're going through now it like this would feel relevant today how they handled it i guess that's what i'm trying to say so i think ryan murphy was very forward thinking in the way he handled this episode considering we can sit back and say 14 years later it it's pretty well handled yeah absolutely and i mean i guess that both you and i coming from a situation where you you know i mean i can only speak for myself i guess but i don't have a lot of experience and you know the issues that affect transgender people it's not something that i've really experienced in my life but you know i i so i guess in some ways i you know i kind of sympathize with sean who's coming at it from somewhere that he's never really experienced it before and and how does he deal with all this kind of stuff and so you know it was quite an interesting episode for me for you know something that i never really deal with but um you know it'd be interesting to watch this episode and and see what we think about that but you know let's not get too serious straight away because we've got a lamborghini in our very first shot so we we do (laughs) christian's off to buy himself a lamborghini well he wants to buy one but you know two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of lamborghini um, I'm not a car person, but this does look like a pretty cool car. Look, I, I'm more of a Ferrari man. Uh, you know, I like his car that he did use in the very first episode. But, uh, again, it's a nice-looking car. I, I, I'm just so intrigued about the fact that, again, he's a very well-off, 
you know, attractive plastic surgeon. $250,000 to me seems like small change. Um, and I guess yeah, it got, yeah. I like how we get a lot, a lot of references to, oh, in this economy, you know, we're in a recession. I don't remember too much about the great 2003 recession. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't ring any bells to me. But, um, you know, uh, Ron, the Lamborghini salesman, seems to be doing all right for himself. So, you know, <laughs> yes. some people are doing okay. Maybe it was a Florida thing. Maybe there was a great 2003 Florida recession that we uh, are yeah. completely not informed about being in New Zealand and Australia. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I just have to say that Ron has to be the most um, unbelievable uh, Lamborghini salesman of all time. He just does not look the part. He looks like he should be doing your taxes, not selling your Lamborghini. <laughs> Yes, particularly you know, again selling that type of car. Yeah, I, I have to, I have to agree with you. And he's, he's not, I don't know, he's not sleazy enough to be a, well, not even a used car, so just a car salesman. You know, like, uh, I mean, we we find out he's obviously got a very uh, a girlfriend who wanted boob implants and things like yep. that. But um, yeah, and we get our first introduction via a, a billboard to um, Meryl Butler, oh, who's going to Meryl, later our man Joey Slotnick. Yeah, who you've recently interviewed. So, you know, this will, this will be interesting. You might have a few little tidbits that you can fill in here. Well, look, I, I will say, look, download the interview. It's available on our website. It's a great chat with him. And, and we do obviously talk about Nip Tuck with Joey. And, and he mentioned how much fun he did having have playing Meryl. Like, he really enjoyed the character. Um, you know, the overall kind of, like, the douchiness of Meryl and just kind of everything. I mean, I know we're jumping here. We actually haven't met him. We've only seen him on a billboard. But, um, I mean, this is the one thing I will say is that we have a hashtag poor Matt going on. We can almost have hashtag poor Meryl. But in a way, Meryl does a lot of it to himself whereas i think i think matt you know it's kind of it's a bit of a spread like i'm not denying matt does a lot of what happens to him to himself but a lot of it is just bad luck for matt whereas meryl you probably argue it's all his own doing so um but he's a great character we love meryl he's um if we're looking for he's definitely the johnny fair play of nut tuck isn't he Oh, and the, the resemblance is striking as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, a, that's a good call. That is a good yeah. doppelganger there. But, um, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, if it's ever, just... If they ever make Survivor the movie, they'll know how to call yeah. for the Johnny, Johnny Fairplay <laughs> role. <laughs> yes. But... Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just I kind of we were talking about Mrs. Grubbin, didn't we, last episode? But again, it's it's what Nip Tuck does well with their recurring characters, and across you know, it's it's not like he's forgotten after. I think what he's in a few episodes this season, season two, and I think he obviously season four ultimately comes up uh, back into it. But um, yeah, he's um he's a great character, Joey Slotnick, great actor. Again, just please download our our interview with him uh, because not only did he talk about Nip Tuck, everything else, I, I know I'm just self-promoting here, but it, it was a fun chat. And, um, yeah, even even Joey Slotnick mentioned about the fact that he doesn't even know what happens to his character, which, again, we're way jumping ahead of the, the, the self right here now, given that season four that that happens. But uh, we'll maybe come back to that when we get to that episode. Yeah, and, I mean, the whole reason we're talking about him is obviously there's a billboard of him within Smash Cut to, you know, our um, our first patient of the episode, which is uh, a porn star who's got a, a hematoma on her ass and she doesn't know what a hematoma is. Um, so we it's get a the bruise, real, honey. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and so we get the real classic, you know, dumb blonde porn star. Um, and, you know, Sean's not particularly happy about this whole thing, but Christian doesn't seem to really care too much. I, I do love the, the running theme of this episode of um, Sean being a prude. Um, you know, I just, I just kind of like how uh, Dylan Walsh plays up to that as well. Just again, we mentioned that a few episodes, didn't we? About just the looks on the faces with um, what Mandy and Randy. We have, you know, Christian and Sean, just their different facial expressions, and he's Christian, just loving every single moment of it. I just, I just want to point out um, the 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 agent lady, the sort of the the woman who runs the porn company, not the porn star. That's uh, Patty de Arbenville. I can never say her name properly. I I know her. I mean, she's she's been around for a long time, but she actually, and this equates to a similar recap that we're doing. People know we're doing Third Watch Recaps, my favourite show of all time. Absolutely love that show to bits, and don't get me talking about it because that's what you listen to that part of the, the Oz Network for. But she played uh, Bosco's mum in Third Watch. Bosco, my favourite character. So this is Bosco's mum. I just wanted to point that out. I got excited. Hello, Patty. Welcome to Nip Tuck. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, that's what this thing is, eh? I mean, it's just, 
so often you see on the show you see people that you know from somewhere else and you know because i pop up for one episode and you might you might not have seen this episode for years and then all of a sudden you're like oh my god you know there's that person who's from this show now and um i'm sure that it's going to keep on happening as we as we keep watching this but you know like there's this whole thing of you know sean's really not into this and you know christian's just telling him he's a prude and he needs to lighten up and this this leads into him. Uh, am I right here that he's trying to have surprise anal sex with Julia in the shower? I mean, is that what's going on here? <laughs> I have written down here is Sean trying to like anally rape his wife. Like, what he's got? Like, it's. I mean, it's it's a weird. This is just nip tuck though, isn't it? Like, it's kind of he here. He is trying to you know get frisky, not the gerbil. Like, just get it on with his wife. Uh, you know, he doesn't give up, goes into the shower, um, and why not? And I do love the line there when, like, Julie's like, what the hell? Like, are you lost? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Sean, I love Sean's reaction. Yeah, it's just, it's all just so, so weird. I mean, what is he thinking? Like, in what way does he think this is going to work out for him? Like, this this is not, this is not something that's going to in any way work, and he... He's got to know that. And particularly, like, in the shower. Like, I'm sorry, like, conventional sex in the shower is hard enough. Not unconventional sex. So, I really need to, I really need to be careful what I say sometimes. I don't know I go into way too much detail. But it's, I mean, it's just, I, I just, Sean's reaction, though, when he sort of, he's like, realises what he's done. He's like, I'll go make breakfast. And he just kind of, yeah, like, yeah. runs out. And, I, I yeah. like, I, jumping ahead here, but I do love it when Sean's trying to tell Christian. And he's like, Julie and I had unconventional sex this morning. Like, he's so <laughs> proud of it, the fact. Like, I mean, come on, yeah. that's two guys. How else are you really going to, like, dude, I totally tried to fuck my wife in the ass this morning. But like, he's like, we tried to have unconventional sex. Like, going up to the prude nature yeah. of Sean. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely like that, just that nerdy side of him, eh? I mean, it's just it's one of those things that you just, you know, it's just part of his character, really. And it's great when it, like, the development of Sean, again, I feel like I'm going to talk up Christian so much, and, you know, that's what we do. But, like, going back to Sean's development as a character, I mean, really, sort of in seasons as it goes on, he becomes less prudish, doesn't he? Like, he really does come out of his shell and... It's just a development of... We started off with him in this midlife crisis and just everything that happens to him across the run. So, um, you know, I mean, this is... this is Yeah, this is... It's interesting kind of thinking about this side of Sean when, you know, in future seasons he's, um, you know, fingering patients in emergency rooms and, um, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm really jumping ahead this right is, now, aren't this I? Is, well, I mean, you've kind of seen the start of his midlife crisis. I mean, this is really where yeah. the show kind of kicks off. Is the, uh, you know, it's him going a bit crazy and he does just get slightly more and more crazy as things go along and, you know, he almost becomes the... I, I think probably their plan long term was that you know Sean would become Christian and Christian would become Sean, and I'm, I'm oh, not absolutely. quite sure really. I'm not sure they entirely nailed that one, um, but I but I think that you know there's some interesting stuff happening there that they're trying to role reverse them a little bit, which I think is quite you know it's a fascinating way of trying to tell the story. But um, you know we leave those two characters alone um, for a little while, and Julia heads off to school and um, you know meets this you know the most unconvincing pickup artist of all time jude um you know who's who's trying to hit on her and tell her she looks so young and oh it's all very awkward and um you know then obviously she bumps into her friend you know mistakes her as somebody that's there for the class and she's actually taking the class so it's all a bit of an awkward scene all around really now i will point out uh so the actor who played jude so uh his name is philip reese and I remember seeing, because he was uh, in 24, I think it was just before Nip Tuck. So he was in season two and he played a uh, he played a guy that everyone thought was a terrorist because, you know, he's slightly Muslim looking and ultimately he didn't turn out to be a terrorist. Spoiler alert if we ever get to covering 24 properly. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's kind of a I, I do I do kind of like the scene though when they're all like going on about um you know the the tea like he, it is a pretty terrible pickup line but it's kind of it's strangely sweet in a way like I don't know how to how to put that but uh the teacher uh, I'm just I'm just name dropping everyone here in terms of actresses I know you're a huge Desperate Housewives fans Nick um but uh, Brenda totally. Strong the teacher she of course was Mary Alice in uh in every single season of uh, Desperate Housewives the woman who killed herself in the very first episode and narrates Desperate Housewives so um there you go right. just 
there's all these weird connections. The six degrees of Kevin Bacon happening in all these Nip Tuck episodes. As you said, everyone pops up and you're like, hey, they're from that, they're from that. But um, Jill, this is one thing, I guess, that like we talked, I think, last episode about tying up plot lines and everything like that. The one that kind of irks me, I think, across the run of, of Nip Tuck, and again, I guess this is maybe spoiling a little bit if you're watching this along with us, but the whole Julia goes to medical school thing kind of just gets forgotten. Like, I realise certain life situations will happen to her very soon about what prevents her from that, but even then, it just, it ultimately just gets forgotten. Here's a woman who's so driven by her desire to want to go back to, you know, medical school and, and be this woman, but... I don't know. I, I feel like it gets brushed aside at a certain point because even when we have flash forward episodes in season two about how it could have been if she had, have, you know, been with Christian instead. And it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever felt that way with her going back to school storyline. Yeah, well, like you say, other things kind of take over and um, it just doesn't become part of the story for all that much longer. And um, I think that's, I mean, it's, it's not part of the story that I ever really connected with, so it didn't really bother me either way, to be honest. Um, but you know, I think it kind of it kind of propels her a little bit at the start of this because I think you kind of need something for her to do early in this this show, otherwise she does just feel like her own desperate housewife, you know. So I think it's really <laughs> important that she has something to do here, um, and so it kind of serves that purpose really. And you know, you get the whole tension of what does Sean really think about it? Does he really want her to, to go on and be successful and and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's there for a reason, I guess. Um, I just wish that the that Jude character was a little bit more compelling. I think they give him some some terrible lines to have to deliver, and um, I do I do feel a little bit sorry for him. It's I mean, but, um, it's in- we, you know, we, you go. Sorry, you go. Go it was nothing important. Nick, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was just going to move us on to um, meeting um, um, Sophia. Yes. Um, who was who our, our main patient for this episode, and she's obviously um, a transgender person, so um, transitioning from male to female. Um, she's had a bit of a botched job, unfortunately, by another doctor who's um, left her, her trachea in a bit of a bad state, and so she's coming to, to get that fixed from Sean, and, and you know, he's pretty um, you know, judgmental when she first walks through the door. That's a very much a bit of an understatement. Sean wants nothing to do with her. Um, yeah, it's it's and it's kind of going back to what we we're saying at the beginning of the episode about kind of I guess not having to sort of deal with I guess transgender people before and just how he is and um, you know and and Sophia calls him out on it straight away. You know, like the way you treated me, you waited this and um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I've just actually looked up the actor who played her, Jonathan Del Arco. You people, please Google him right now because. Because it looks completely different. You saw this. If you see this right now, you would have no idea that he was Sofia Lopez in Nip Tuck. So they've done a great job with uh, the makeup and everything to to really get him into that character. But uh, yeah, and she she becomes a bit of a recurring character too. She's in at least a couple more episodes after this. Um, yeah, that's right. And I, you know, I think she's she's really there to kind of you know set Sean up as you know this you know, letting him turn himself around and, and seeing things from a different perspective. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a really well-told little story in this episode and um, it really all re- revolves around her. And, you know, this first scene with her is, in a lot of ways, I think the best one because it's the one where she kind of turns him around pretty quickly and, and makes him see that he's been quite judgmental. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of... I guess it's it's a good little journey that we have of Sean because, you know, ultimately by the end of the episode and kind of, you know, yeah, this journey of him, like, just looking at her going, oh, you know, what what the hell is she, you know, right through the end where she's ultimately helping her out, helping a friend out, you know, after, you know, shutting down uh, the other guy's place, which obviously we're jumping ahead there. But, yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting journey, but I think it's, it's obviously a good one. And that happens, again, a lot with Sean, uh, a lot of these episodes too, doesn't it? You know, he kind of, again, pretty Sean eventually gets accepting and, uh, you know, it's, it's a recurring element that they keep with Sean, I guess, across the entire, the, the entire series run. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, I think that that's a really good part of his character that he does kind of change and grow and learn. And, you know, I think they do a really good job of making sure that continues to happen, which is really cool. But, of course, you know, after he's done this console, he heads into the you know the staff room to um, what can only be described as a basket of porn. 
<laughs> the greatest basket that you can get. Like, if anybody's listening and you want to give me a basket for any occasion, I would happily take a basket of porn over just like a... a bar- like those weird baskets that Julia was making a couple of episodes ago. Screw that. Give me a basket of porn. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all done up really nicely and, you know, <laughs> looks, looks the part, that's for sure. Hmm, because you want your basket of porn to look nice because you're not just going to ultimately uh, take it all out of the basket and get it on the shelf. Well, maybe not the shelf, your cupboard or something like that. Yeah, of course. But no, it's a, um, yeah, you know, it kind of sets off this whole thing with, um, you know, Sean and, and um, Christian can't decide, you know, should they be taking on these patients? And, you know, Sean's obviously just not happy about it and all that kind of thing. And, and, and you know, he starts to talk about this whole transsexual thing as well, which is, you know, it's really interesting kind of watching this whole thing going through and, it, it kind of brings Sean into this thing about, you know, he needs to spend a bit more time with his wife and, and be romantic and say, you know, what's he do? He he heads off home and, you know, it, well, he doesn't cook her dinner, but he makes sure there's dinner there for her with the, <laughs> the, the lights and the candles and all that kind of stuff. And um, she comes home with this, this dude. <laughs> this Jude. <laughs> That's about all you need to say about him. Uh, yeah, because we, we, obviously he, he asks that line, doesn't he, to Christian, like, how do you seduce women? You know, you whine, you dine, your romance. Um, and I, I, I do like the effort he goes to again. He's not actually cooked a dinner, but it's it's kind of interesting. It, ultimately, it all turns out that basically Sean's provided a romantic dinner for, um, for Julia and this Jude, and then he's just going to bugger off to the bedroom and watch some porn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how research. all romantic dinners should end, right? <laughs> Don't forget, it's research. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> I want I want that job. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's I, I do like the line because like this is this is still Julia's first day right at, at school. So when um, he comes home and Jude's all like, "Oh, I've heard so much about you," and Sean's like, "I've heard nothing about you." Well, no shit, Sherlock. You you know she's met him this day one, and what's it, like? Yeah. They're getting a biology test straight away. Like, wow, that is um that is a heavy full on uh, school that Julia's gone to. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, so it's <laughs> it, it, it's um, quite interesting, and you know this um, this Jude character is you're probably getting the the gist that I don't like him very much, which is completely <laughs> no, accurate. never uh, never uh, understood that, Nick. I thought you were a big fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just it's he just seems so pointless, and I just I don't get the whole thing at all. And um, you know, poor old Sean kind of gets gets uh, shafted off into the corner to watch his porn here. Um, but you know, we, we, we head back to the surgery room where, um, we're getting ready for Sophia to have her, her operation. And this, we find out where, you know, she's got a son, which is a bit of a surprise to, to everybody can concern really. And, you know, again, it's, you know, you're starting to see Sean kind of come around here a little bit, but, um, you know, it's just, it's all about assumptions really. And the assumptions that have been made and, and how correct they are and how incorrect they are. And, and, you know, it's just quite interesting to watch Sean change his mind on this. I, I do love the um <laughs> the bit when what he said she she goes like oh he's my son and Sean's like I don't understand well when a man and a woman love each other they have sex <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like that line yeah no it's really good and I mean it's just a it's just a quick little scene here but you know it's just kind of building that whole rapport between the two of them which is really cool so you know like let's let's not waste any time before we get to the porn party. The the porn party is where we're at, Nick. This is what we've been waiting for, right? <laughs> exactly. And you know, there's obviously there's two big things going on in this porn party. There's um, Matt and his fluffer, um, <laughs> but there's also it's also Christian and and Meryl are having this discussion. And yeah, I love how you know he goes up to Meryl and he's in this this terrible white suit. And yeah, you know, Meryl kind of says to him, "Oh, you know, my designer picked this out." She said, "You know, it it kind of looks like you know what's it what like chic or something like that." And yeah, you know, she's getting on Monday. Yes, exactly. He's just, I mean, this is the thing with Meryl, and I think we get a line later on, don't we, when he's, like, at this house and he's talking about, like, we're both, you know, you know, rich, attractive surgeons. And, you know, Meryl, I think he's kind of one of these people that really has to ooze his confidence on his money, um, which is great about his character, though, because, I mean, ultimately we do get this storyline about how he's basically jealous of how Christian looks. You know, that's what he's missing. And obviously you learn that Meryl was, you know, terrible in his class. He was last in the class. What did Sean call him earlier on? Boobalot or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but he's just, I don't know, this is so intriguing, this character, and um, we'll talk so much about Meryl over the episodes we're in, and not just again, we're not just being biased because we've happened to have the actor on the show, but he's just such a great character. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, can I just say, I, I didn't know what a fluffer was until I saw this episode when I was 16, so thank you, Nip Tuck, for educating me on the, uh, the ability of what a fluffer does behind the scenes in porn films. Yeah, I'm going to say that I didn't know either. I, I really don't remember. Um, just the other the other really weird thing about this, is this like a party where you have to turn up wearing silver? Because what the hell is that shirt that Matt's wearing? It's kind of like this, this silver space shirt. It's like the weirdest looking shirt ever. There seems yeah. to be a lot of silver and white going on, so maybe there's like a theme here. Um, otherwise, it's a really weird fashion choice. And it's, it's a really weird thing too, that like he's obviously playing up to be this agent. And um, like, is this... Is it really a rare thing in the porn industry that you sleep with an agent to get ahead? Like, I kind of think this would be the acceptable practice in the porn industry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so- I, I do love the sh- I love the shot where they walk into the, you know, into the porn party and it kind of pans upwards. And it's just like, you know, Sean's just, uh, sorry, Christian has got this massive grin on his face. He's just like yes. a kid at the candy store, you know? Yes. And again, somehow, as we talked about Matt, 16 year old allowed into a strip club, a 16 year old is allowed into a porn party. So clearly the uh, underage laws in Miami are very relaxed in the early 2000s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, he's, he, he seems to be able to go anywhere, this kid. Well, I mean, he's Michael Jackson, so... Yeah, well, that's true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's not hashtag poor Matt. It's like, hashtag poor Matt, who also gets a lot of good things happen to him at points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you get this whole scene with him with this this fluffer with her lollipop, and, you know, she's kind of like, I just can't stop sucking stuff. <laughs> it's just, just like nothing subtle about this, you know? Like, Nip Tuck does subtle pretty well most of the time, but sometimes it's just out and out blatant, and this is one of those times it's just like... I just can't stop sucking on things. And then she, like, crunches the lollipop. It's like... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all just, like, so obvious. At that, at, that, at that point, though, she's crunched it. Like, this is a guy who's just nearly chopped his dick off. He's just had surgery. Is he not there worried? Like, you know, uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. Maybe yeah. I don't need her to uh, fluff me. Uh- <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wants to be a little bit careful, just, you know, rehab. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, get this suggestively, she takes them off. And then, like, the weirdest thing, like, this is pretty rare on the show. It's like one week later. Yeah. I, I mean, we had obviously six weeks later, didn't we, in episode two? Now, I, I don't even remember if we ever get this again. Like, it's, it is very strange. And why do we even need one week later? Does yeah. um, non yeah, think- gonococcal urethus take a week to develop? <laughs> well, obviously so. But, you know, is that important? You know, is it really important that they need to tell us that it's been a week since that, you know, like we might just assume that anyway. Mm, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's just a strange little throwaway thing that really has no bearing on it because yeah, I mean, there's how many times in any of these shows do we assume that more time has passed than a day? Again, it's not 24. We don't need real time aspects of it. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a strange thing, but I guess um, it happened and Hey, it's a week later. Whoop do you do? Good for them. <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly. So it, it's kind of quite weird, you know, that this is, you know, it, it's a week later and, you know, it's just, I don't associate the show as having time cards. So mm. it'd be interesting to see if that's something I've forgotten over time and if we see more of this. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see what happens. But anyway, we get back to the clinic and, and you know, one of the, the nose job patients is not happy because all <laughs> these porn stars are basically taking over the recovery suite. Prude. Uh. <laughs> And that, like, that's, that's Sean. <laughs> but they're not just they're not just like, you know, typical porn stars. They're like even acting, you know, like ridiculously like they're in a porn movie. Yeah, yeah. It's um you know, look, I'll be honest. I mean, I actually, I will be honest. I have met a porn star before. I was about to say I've never met a porn star before. I don't know what they have. I have actually. Um, but uh, it's, yeah, I, I don't know if necessarily that's how they always act. I'm sure porn stars are just normal people too. They're not always wanting to have sex. I mean, you know, if, if you you work at the council, Nick, are you always wanting to like book people at the in the street? No. Uh, so. Not normally, no, no. I'm not always wanting to interview people. Like, so. No, okay. <laughs> But, yeah, and then we get, you know, like, Sean gets taken off of this phone call because, um, you know, he, he gets called. Sophia kind of calls him to the hospital where, you know, her friend um, Marcy, I think it is, yes, has um, yes. obviously been to the same doctor and, um, yeah, is in a really bad situation. Has basically had a, um, 
a gender reassignment surgery that's gone terribly wrong and um you know because of because you know she's a transgender person she's kind of just been left to basically bleed out which is horrible and yeah. um you know like nobody's kind of looking after her and um you know they they kind of don't hold back here either you know you kind of see the blood you, you know it's pretty full on and um you know like, it's just really interesting to see how the rest of the medical staff at whatever this medical center are just kind of leave him to it it's you know like you kind of like he pulls the curtains and you assume he's kind of just done it there like i'm not sure that that's the case but it just they make it seem like everybody else here is just disgusted with what they're seeing and it is it is pretty terrible yeah like the the facial expression of the doctor when kind of you know sean says like why haven't you helped this person the way he's just kind of like well you know and it's like well, like fuck you mate like that is that is horrible that is just it, it doesn't matter what time or place you live in in society and what's accepted and what's not like there's a person in front of you bleeding to death it shouldn't matter um, yeah, so exactly. yeah. it's, it's, it's very, it's a very confronting scene and, you know, it's, I think it's definitely the part where Sean really does all of a sudden be like, well, hey, look, you know, Eddie's a person too. It doesn't matter, you know, how they are or what they, what they do to themselves in terms of, you know, how they live their lives. It's ultimately, it doesn't matter. They're a living being. Uh, we've got to help them and that's, that's his oath as a doctor, isn't it? You know, to help all people. So, um, yeah, well, exactly. And I, and I think it's kind of like it. it it, it kind of shows that the doctor genes and him just kick in and, and he gets to gets to business and it's you know that real moment for him where it realizes that you know these are people and they need to be treated just the same as anybody else and yeah. you know i think that's a really good a really good message for the show and and you know like we've already talked about and we're going to talk about a lot more is that you know it's a really progressive show in terms of the things that they talk about and you know you've really got to applaud them for it so we yeah, kind of go yeah. from that, you know Oh, sorry, no, what were you going to say? Oh, I just, I just literally was going to say absolutely. I completely agree with you. And, and again, I, like, I, like I, we, we keep talking about Ryan Murphy because the guy's a genius, and I think a lot of that is Ryan Murphy. If you ever actually do get a chance, and I really do hope it is a show we can cover on, on the Oz Network one day because it's only a two-season show. It didn't really go for that long. It was popular. Like, even popular was kind of it touched on a lot of these themes and and you know it's a it's a quirky show but i mean that's just that just comes with ryan murphy territory i don't think there's ever been a show that he's ever done that doesn't have a, an over-the-top aspect to it um but i mean every show he's ever done has a real uh element to it that incorporates kind of you know people that are that are in minorities that are not necessarily treated well by society and uh again as you i completely agree with what you're saying like it's a very progressive show nip tuck which perhaps i guess doesn't necessarily get a lot of credit for for what it did achieve throughout its run yeah well it probably allowed ryan murphy to have a bit of freedom to to make the kind of shows he wanted to so in that way it's probably had a legacy which has allowed him to do those things so you know, if people like the other work he's done, then they've really got a tuck to thank for it because that allowed him to kind of do what he's doing now, which is really cool. So we kind of draw the curtains, and you know, and Sean gets to work, and we cut back, and, and Matt's finding out he's got some some horrible sexually transmitted disease, which I've forgotten the name of. NGU, non-gonolog, something or other urethritis. So poor Matt's oh, urethra is getting a hammering in these first four episodes of Nip Tuck. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. poor Matt. <laughs> yeah, hashtag poor Matt urethra. Yes. If you can spell that without making a spelling mistake first time around, I'm impressed. Yes. All our urologists listening, please uh, t- tweet tweet us in and tell us some more details about NGU. <laughs> I wonder if it's a common thing because, like, you think they would go with a fairly-ish common disease, you know, because, like, immediately she says that and you're like, okay, is that serious or not? <laughs> you know, like, it, it, it's really like we don't, we have no way of knowing if that's anything all that serious. But um, it's kind of a weird setup too. It's like she's sitting there in the dark and she's like, turn the light on. And it's all really quite odd. But, you know, anyway, it's kind of like just setting up what's going to happen later on in the episode and, and all that kind of thing. And we get back to Christian and he's at Meryl's house and Meryl's wearing like God knows what, like <laughs> pajamas basically and gets in his, his blue Lamborghini and there's only three of them. And, you know, basically saying to Christian, there's a job here for her if you want it tomorrow. I love the number plate D cups that, you know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can obviously see that, that Christian's pretty tempted by this offer that, you know, his life could be a whole lot easier if he's just turning up and doing boob jobs and, and, you know, just taking the pay cut, uh, taking the paycheck for it. And so, you know, is it worth dealing with Sean and, and all his, you know, wanting to, you know, make the world a better place? Yeah, and it's, it's, it, we had that obviously earlier on, didn't we? 
uh, in what episode one where Sean's the one wanting to leave. Now it seems to be Christian, but I mean, again, it's always kind of going right back to what you said in that very first episode about this, you know, uh, heterosexual love story between two men. You know, it just always draws them back to each other. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm glad you pointed out the D cups number plate. I, I love kind of when it's like the woman walks up and she's like, my friend wants to come over and swim in the pool. And he's like, um, oh, well, you know, she'll have to sit in your lap and I'll drive. Actually, no, screw it. You drive. She can sit in my lap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, uh, he's, he's just Meryl. He's just such a, uh, he's such a dirty character, but he's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's brilliant. The whole thing's really cool. And, you know, so then we kind of, you know, we leave it, leave it hanging there with, with Christian while he's thinking about what he's going to do. And we head back to the hospital, obviously. And, you know, we have quite a, another really touching scene here between kind of Sean and, um, and Sophia and trying to find out exactly who's doing this. And obviously this is leading to a bit of something that is, it's a bit of a weird setup because obviously it's somebody that Sean knows. It was one of his former teachers, as it turns out, but we didn't know that. And when he opens the door, it's not somebody that we recognize. And so we, we're kind of seeing the whole thing through Sean and, and kind of trusting to his reactions to the whole thing as to how much of an issue this is. And, you know, I think he sells it really well, of course. And it, it kind of just goes back onto uh, Sean's midlife crisis and just kind of thinking things. I mean, again, it's we're four episodes in and it's so much thought-provoking stuff happening with these characters because, you know, basically this Dr. Grayson's basically saying, like, you know, um, you're going to turn into me. This is, you know, I had this great career, you know, the, my wife and everything, but, you know, she got sick of the hour. She left me when I was 50. Then there was, you know, a simple malpractice suit that cost me this. And now here I am drunk off my tits you know performing bot surgeries it's it's such a you know it's really making sean like thinking like shit well this could be me um and particularly given that you know we get that line don't we where he said like i looked up to you you know you were what i wanted to be and yet here he is basically saying, well look hey this is me this is what you can turn out to be so um and it's 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 it's, it's, it's a unique take i guess too on the on the medical industry and doctors and surgeons you know because i mean i was a huge er fan um you know that was kind of my really only show i've ever seen with medical sort of things i mean third watch obviously has a paramedic side of things but you know er obviously is full-on hospital but i mean this is kind of a different take on that isn't it so i I don't really remember a whole lot in terms of in the first four episodes of er drunken ex-surgeons performing botched transgender surgeries out of a shoddy office so um it's yeah, I guess the difference between network TV and cable as well. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's very interesting how it's done, but um, it's yeah. I, think it's, I mean, we we kind of cut in the head a little bit, but it really is. I mean, th- you get this end of this episode where it's really him going and confronting this 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 ex teacher of his, and this whole thing of this is what he could become. And yeah, I mean, I don't really ever buy it because I think you know Sean's got this this level of humanity to him that this guy doesn't appear to have, like. You know, even if you've fallen on hard times, you're not going to do botched surgeries on people just to make a quick buck. And, you know, he tries to pass it off as, you know, he's doing something really honourable um, because he's helping people that no other people help. And I think it's that kind of, that you know, you see the kind of thing in Sean about making that decision about, I want to help people, but I want to do it the right way. And, you know, it's, it's a really interesting thing. It's really interesting because coming into this, I was really thinking about, you know, how much Christian is the one that I like watching and he's a really interesting character. And so for so far four episodes in, I think it's we keep going back to Sean and what an interesting character character he is, which is yeah, really interesting in these early days. So be, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if that stays that way and, and when it changes and if it changes. But at the moment I think Sean's where it's at. You know, Christian feels a little bit one note right at the moment, but I'm sure that's gonna change. I mean I know it's gonna change, but it's interesting how much of a focus there is on Sean and his kind of internal issues at the moment. And I guess what's really interesting is that kind of the good side of him keeps winning out in these early stages. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree with you, actually. It's it's interesting, sort of that focus. And, and you find that, I think, with any TV show rewatch, that there's there's always a different focus. I mean, look, the amount of times I've rewatched Friends, for example, and I always find myself, you know, falling in love with a different character each time around. I mean, that's a comedy, of course, but... It's. I mean, even just a show like any other show, I feel every rewatch you you really find yourself focusing on a certain character. And obviously, again, with Nip Tuck, as you, as we sort of touched on a few times now, you know, there's not that many characters who are in it for more than 50 episodes. But, you know, it really is centred around Sean and Christian so much. And yeah, um, yeah. 
it's you kind of toss and turn between them. And I, I really don't think come season five we're going to be going, well, actually, Julia's moans weren't that bad. Whereas, like, Sean, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, yeah, just to kind of see that how this keeps going on. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's, it really is a tussle between the two of them. And, you know, there's times when you really like Christian more and times when you really like Sean more. But, you know, they've both given you so much. And, and that's what's really interesting yeah, it's it's really interesting. Like looking at this this doctor's surgery, I think is a real eye opener for Sean that I can't ever let myself get to this point. And yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a turning point, I think, for him that he's got to make sure he he's putting those priorities in the right place going forwards. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, so we head off back to to the McNamara residence where, where Matt's caught out and checking up on what exactly this disease is in Julia's textbook. And, um, and Cause he doesn't have the internet. Like, let's, let's be honest. He's, he's a guy who was trolled. He doesn't trust the internet anymore. Cause he was trolled by a guy to chop his own dick off. So let's go back to yeah. the old fashioned textbook. <laughs> yeah. Um, the athlete just didn't work out for him last time. So, you know, he's not prepared to do that. So yeah, he's checking out this textbook and, and obviously this leads to Christian come around and, doing a blood test and has he got HIV maybe as well and you know Julia's and and absolutely no has no problem at all giving you Christian a piece of her mind yeah this is this I mean look I I keep stealing your phrase I like your phrase that you keep saying like bookmark this we'll get back to it because it's knowing what happens with Christian Julia Matt Sean in terms of this storyline this scene when, you know, Julia's just losing her shit at him. And, you know, he's like, he's like a son to me. And she's like, real fathers, you know, want them to become more than them, not be them. Like, it's just, it's so confronting and just, it's so, it's so good. It's well, it's so well acted by, uh, by Jolie and Julian as well. And then obviously leading into the scene when, you know, you get when uh, Christian's trying to pick Matt up in in the car, and obviously that ultimately leads to everything with that. Like it's just it's kind of a real interesting way they get Christian, and you were sort of saying about how he's kind of a bit, I guess, like one yeah. Well, I think I think he kind of really, I you know, I think he really takes it to heart, and yeah, yeah, you know, like I think Julia's words have a real impact on him. Absolutely, and it, but it's just it's just so well done, and um, again, it's similar to I guess the uh, Sean and Julia break up each week. It's it's kind of we also, in, particularly in these earlier days, don't we? We get the Julia to Christian stay away from Matt sort of uh, recurring theme as well. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just it's fascinating how it's done, and and like. Look, she's a very overprotective mother, I guess. I mean, as you would be. I mean, Matt's again. We, we keep forgetting his age because, uh, you know, he's he, he definitely does not come across as a sixteen-year-old. But uh, you know, John Hensley was not sixteen when this was being filmed. But we've got to remember, if let's let's be honest here, if a sixteen-year-old is fucking porn stars and getting STIs, then yeah, that probably is something to lose your shit over. Um, so, and plus, and, and also, I think it comes yeah, down to the so. fact, and also, I think it's the fact that you know, jo- Jolly Richards in real life doesn't want to get, um, you know, the the disease from John Hensley because I think they were fucking each other at this point. So uh, it's, it's a scary think... thought, isn't it? You don't like you don't like to, you don't like to focus on that issue too much, but <laughs> no. yeah, and I, I, I mean, this whole scene is is really quite, and, and you're right, they act it really, really well, and so you really feel that anger kind of coming through. Um, and you know, I, I think Christian's kind of uh, he is a little bit of ashamed of himself, and I think the only person that can really make him feel that way is Julia. Yeah. And that's, that's what I love about the character of Christian. Trying again, it's so interesting. We're just talking up Sean so much, but we're back to loving Christian because, again, I keep using the word complexities with his character because he's so just like out there. Like, as you said, going back to the kid in a candy store at a porn party, you know, this is a guy. He's just, he's just such a, you know, a womanizer, such a man, but you can flick a switch. And again, you're right. It's Julia that tends to do it, isn't it? Like, he then yeah. has his heart. Like, we saw that with Mrs. Grubman last episode. We saw that a couple of episodes ago when, you you know, he's he's basically saying to Julie, this is who I always be. But there's that heart within him and it really does affect him, that conversation. Like, moving forward, obviously, with the car situation and turning down Merrill and just, it's, yeah, it's just, he can just switch it on and off so quickly. And that's why uh, he's just such an interesting uh, character. Well, and I think he wants to be that kind of, you know, that slightly bad influence, you know, in a good way. I think he wants to be that the kind of uncle that lets Matt do crazy shit and, you know, lets him get away with murder and drink and all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, he just doesn't really have an off switch to kind of stop him until Julia kind of smacks him upside the head, basically. 
Well, and it's and I guess it also comes down to what you were saying about how they they try at certain points to make Christian like Sean and Sean like Christian. Like, I guess if you look at the overall theme of this episode, it's Sean being a prude, trying to you know have unconventional sex and go out of his norm. But then also on the flip side, it's Christian who's then also now trying to become like Sean in this episode. So we get a lot of it in this episode in itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's kind of going back to those the main themes I think of this episode of these two guys who kind of don't they're not entirely happy with who they are and they envy each other to a degree. And, you know, it just makes a really fascinating dynamic. So, you know, we kind of get this whole scene with, you know, like he goes and picks Matt up from school and wants to take him out for a drive and Matt just kind of like, no, nah, I don't want to be like you. And, you know, that kind of cuts him. You can kind of really see it in his face. He's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's a really well-played scene. And so, you know, the, the Lamborghini's back off to the to the dealer straight away. So poor old Ron, he's not going to make a sale. <laughs> yeah, um, poor Ron. Know, yeah. Oh well, he should should have been a better car salesman. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. you know, we get we get back to the clinic, and and you know, um, Sophia's going to be a um, a pro bono case for Sean going forwards, and um, his plan to kind of be able to sell that to Christian and finance it is to basically say, well, you know, what's the issue with a few more few more porn actors coming in? Happy to do that, but um, you know, what he isn't aware of is that obviously Meryl's on the phone trying to sell Christian a job, and uh, Christian turns it down and and turns the porn jobs down as well. Yeah, and, and Meryl handles it, handles it well because, you know, he's kind of like, look, you know, I'll hear from you again. And ultimately, you know, this Meryl Christian thing is something that, you know, we'll see again. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of just, it's interesting how, again, going back to what we were just saying about them sort of switching roles, you know, right at the beginning of the episode, it's Sean, no, we don't want the porn Christian, you know, let's do it now. It's kind of, it's um it's completely opposite. I, I do love the scene with Matt and Christian with the car. I love Christian's line. You cheated your first STD. I'm proud of you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, as much as we talk up Christian being a womanizer and, you know, all this sort of stuff, I can imagine he frequents the STD clinic quite a lot. <laughs> so, you would think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I mean, that that pretty much almost wraps us up here, although we um, we take one more trip back to see old Dr. Marcus that he hasn't given it up, actually. He's still in business, and um, this is not a story that gets resolved, and I, I don't think it needs to be, really. I think it's just... You know, this is this this is the the sad path that Sean could go down if he's not careful, and um, you know, we kind of see what that might look like for him. So that's kind of where this episode finishes. So maybe not quite as dark a finish as the last episode, but it's certainly not a happy ending for this episode either. Definitely not. I mean, again, it's just one of these. It's Nip Tuck does it well. We always kind of get this darkness at the end, and I, I think like. I agree with you. It's not something that I feel needs to be resolved. It's good that it keeps open-ended because I'm not saying it's good for the patients. Obviously, that's terrible. It's terrible. This guy is still practicing medicine. But it's it's one of these things. Like, I think we do get uh, um, sort of the throwback in an episode, don't we, about Nanette Babcock. Uh, we hear, we, it's referenced that she killed herself in a future episode, whereas this is never touched on again. So, I, and I kind of think it works, though. It's one of these things that sadly works because... Look, I'm sure that this is a thing, you know, whether it be in Miami, America, all parts of the world, there are shoddy surgeons, there are shoddy medical people who are doing things like this that shouldn't be doing it. Sadly, it's part of society, but um, I think it's a good way to end it. Again, another dark way to end an episode, but I think, again, similar to what I said in the last episode, it wraps it up very well. Yeah, yeah, I think so, and... You know, that's just the way that the show goes. So, you know, I guess that kind of kind of wraps up this episode, unless you've got anything else you wanted to add. But, uh, you know, with four episodes in, I think it's it's going pretty good. The only thing I wanted to add is um, I love, and this isn't just a nip-tut thing, it's a, it's a TV, it's not just an American, it's a TV thing in general. I don't know about you in any of your relationships, Nick, but do you ever go to bed next to your partner and lay in bed and read and like do what they do? Like, <laughs> I've never done that, ever. Like, when Louise and I were together, she would go to bed like hours before I would. Um, like, I just, and even if we were staying up and reading or doing something, we're on the couch. Like, I'm not in bed next to it. And yeah, I just, I just always find that a weird thing that they do in TV shows. And of course, particularly Julie wanted to watch porn together. Um, yeah, but no, yeah. he's, he's studying up surgery. So good on you. Sean. Yeah, I mean, you said no. Yeah, you're probably not going to be doing your your research on something like you know gender reassignment surgery in bed. That seems like an odd place to be doing that. You think you want to be sitting at a desk, you know, well lit area. You know, you've got you know, some coffee. 
you know, you're actually kind of switched on and know what you're going to do. It's not like oh, I'm about to switch off and go to bed. I'm just going to read about how I'm going to do this, like, really intricate surgery. And do you really want to have sex after studying the intricate details of changing a penis to a vagina? <laughs> um, I don't think so. And again, that, that like, thing he's reading seemed very small for a brand new procedure. Like, if that's all the text yeah. it needs for a surgeon to understand, maybe surgeons are just way more intelligent than we ever give them credit for. They only need a small pamphlet to understand oh no. so that's how you do it okay cool i can change that tomorrow um, so it's just it's interesting that that was that short i reckon the um gender reassignment for dummies book is probably longer <laughs> yes oh that that's one of the most popular ones in the dummy series actually i i often check oh, the statistics <laughs> yeah um, but it's, it's, it's not like you know they're doing a mat and like googling you know how to self-gender reassign and we've got that troll guy from a couple episodes you need to take a mild muscle relaxant <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> So, no, that, that's pretty much the end of this episode. So, it's uh, it's another one all wrapped up. So, um, we'll sign off. So, uh, uh, I'm Nick and a uh, quarter of a million dollars and still no backseat. Uh, are we are we going to buy it, rent it or, or bin it or are we going to not do that this episode? I, 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 I almost <laughs> forgot. How could I? How you could almost I? forgot. What are you doing, I, Nick? <laughs> I was I was so worried about getting my, my sign off line and <laughs> I forgot that. But, no, so, uh, so are we going to buy, rent or, or bin I look. It's kind of. It's it's a weird because it's a very heavy episode. There's lots of things in it, and I kind of think us talking about this has changed my mind. And I was initially going to do a rent it, but because there's so many themes in this that I feel that covered so well with the Sean and Christian kind of role reversal things and everything else, I, I think I'm going to have to buy it. I just think that we touched on a few things here right now that, that, that swayed me, Nick. So I am going to buy this episode. Yep, no, I'll, I'll I'll definitely buy as well. It's um, I think it's got a lot all the elements that I really like in an episode, so it's it's definitely a buy for me as well. Mm. And I just I just want to quickly point out too, Nick. Can I just get really excited for our next episode because we finally get some Gina action next episode. One of my uh. favourite characters, and you know I feel that every single one of our introductions with a Gina episode has to be like, my name is Ben, and hey asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a classic line from the show. That's for sure. Absolutely, bring on Gina, bring on Gina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. looking forward to it. Now you can you can do your closeout again if you want to, because I've got a good closeout. We can just pretend oh, well, that never well, happened before, or do you want me to just oh, do mine? You did yours. <laughs> no, no, I, I can't do it again. It would just be uh, be too much, and it's lost its sting anyway. So. So I'll, I'll leave you to close it out. So professional here at the Oz Network. Uh, my name is Ben, and for those at home, the symptoms of urethritis can include pain or a burning sensation upon urination, a white cloudy discharge, and a feeling that one needs to pass urine frequently. For men, the signs and symptoms are discharge from the penis, burning and pain when urinating, itching, irritation, and tenderness. And in women, the signs and symptoms are discharge from the vagina, burning and pain when urinating, anal or oral infections, abdominal pain, or abdominal vaginal bleeding, which may be an indication that the infection has progressed to pelvic inflammatory disease. If symptoms persist, please see your doctor. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.